You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Auzubillah min ash-shaytan rajim Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yes, at that time of the evening where you join us on Wasail al-Alam al-Sadika, truthful news and Alhamdulillah, summa Alhamdulillah. This evening, people, I've got a surprise for you. I've got someone that you know. When my good friend advocate sent me his uh, his clip, I listened to it and instantaneously. I did fall in love with our Mufti Saab and Alhamdulillah, I said, you know what, what can we talk about? What shall we talk about? And I said, you know what, the journey that he has taken and also him being the son of the soil, it makes it even more, more interesting for me and you this evening. So uh, let me welcome a pious and sagacious Ummah with a hearty Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and also our Mufti Saab, Mufti Said from... Uh, yeah, he's from Harding, people. Harding, if you want lovely honey, go to Harding. You'll get nice honey. You want sugarcane, go to Harding. You'll find sugarcane too. If you think the sardines are coming, you must say, say, Mufti Saab, Mufti Said, make a plan. You say, don't worry. I've got my boys here. I will go and get you some sardines. Mufti Saab, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. What a pleasure to have you in the studio. Noor ala noor. I love the dressing. I love that smile. And I love your brotherhood. How are you doing this uh, fine, beautiful evening, uh, Mufti Saab? Alhamdulillah, wa nassalim, wa nassalim ala Rasul Karim Amma Baj. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And jazakallah khairan so much, Uncle Shafrat, for Shafat, for accepting us to be in your show. And we just make dua, Allah Ta'ala, accept this and make it a means of our salvation in this world and the akhirat. And also, assalamu alaikum to all your listeners in the radio. Jazakallah. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab, you know, when we look at the tapestry of life, we look at where we come from. And, you know, everyone is born pure. Everyone is born a Muslim. It is the fathers and the mothers, or you know, that take them away and, you know, give them a different focus or a different direction. But being a Muslim doesn't give you an automatic exemption certificate to say, you know what? Hey, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm made for heaven. You know, there is an opposition and the beauty of that opposition is when you read the seerah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you'll notice that there he's our role model. He's our, you know, everyone say, hey, who's your role model? Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You know, not this Ronaldo or Messi or these or great sports stars, but he's, it is our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the greater the opposition, the greater the flight. But before we get to that, let's talk about you because this evening is not about me. It's not about you listeners, it's about our Mufti Saab and our Mufti Sayyid. Let's talk about you, Mufti Saab. Tell us where you grew up and uh, your upbringing, you know, and uh, subsequently many things happened, but we will tackle that. Go ahead, uh, Mufti Saab. Jazakallah. Uh, I'll try and encapsulate the, the, the question, though it's a, it's a question of. 40 years. I'll try, since I'm 40 years this year, but I'll try and make it a... Life begins at 40, people. I mean, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So I'll try, maybe in a minute, and try to, to summarize it. Uh, first of all, I, I, I am Zulu-speaking. My Both my mother and my father, they are Zulu-speaking. Uh, I grew up from a Christian background in a location called Amlazi, 
uh, which is in, in Durban. And uh, I think maybe it's the second biggest location in South Africa after Soweto. Mila's location at uh, a, a section. That's where I grew up from a, a Christian family. And uh, my father, to be to be honest, my father is a well-known and a respected pastor in our community. But uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has guided us to Islam. And uh, I ask the viewers, the listeners out there, and everyone to also make special duas for both my parents. They are not Muslims, but uh, in their house, they always buy halal. They make sure everything is halal uh, because of trying to teach them. And uh, because they were complaining, why are you not, you and your children are not eating whenever you're coming? I said, no, ma, it's better. I, we buy our own food so that we can uh, we, we obey the laws. Then they said, no, I must teach them what they should buy. So they are buying halal. So slowly there is a step forward. Please make special duas for them. Allah Ta'ala give them hidayah, inshallah. So I grew up in Amlazi. And uh, I, I did my, my, my schooling there, even my high school. But unfortunately, because of the environment uh, that we that, that is there in the locations, we didn't have role models. Like how my role model today is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But uh, in, in those days, back in the days, uh, our role models were people who were, were they, it was not ulama, it was not karisab, muftisab, but it was uh, gangsters. It was people who were involved in crime, driving fancy cars, and uh, shooting and uh, having guns and all. So those were role models. So just uh, to cut the story short, I found myself being involved in a lot of crimes and uh, I dropped out at school and uh, find myself going in and out of prison, in and out of prison. And uh, unfortunately, a uh, robbery went wrong and uh, I got myself sentenced into 15 years with some of uh, people that were in, in, in the robbery. We got 15 years sentence. Then I spent uh, maybe plus or minus nine years in prison, in different prisons of South Africa. Then I came back, uh, uh, went out in Westville. But before I went out from, from prison, Alhamdulillah, through the efforts, there's an organization called the Muslim Prison Board, uh, which I believe the Amir is Mulana Shabir Asman, but uh, he's the one who's, uh, who's in the front, and there's also Sheikh Toy Bonamadi, and many shulukh, they used to come and visit the prison, and uh, there's a lot of material, Islamic material that is in the prison, uh, your Qurans, your, your, your books of comparative religion, a lot of, uh, so I, I, I got exposed into, in, into uh, learning about Islam, and uh, from there, I loved the din. I grew up as a Christian. So when I was reading the Quran, the Yusuf Ali Quran, the thick one, the thick, thick that I got hold of that book. Because, you know, I was thinking that I'm going to be here for 15 years. You know, hey, what? How am I going to spend time here in 15 years? Then, you know, I saw one thick book. I said, you know, let me take this book and read. Meanwhile, it was the Quran. So I thought maybe it was going to, I'll be able to kill time, you know, with mm. this thick book. I'll be able to kill time mm. in this 15 years. You know, maybe I'm not no, going to fill the 15 years, inshallah. But it was Allah Ta'ala guiding me. But mm. I saw the rhythm in the book. It talks about the oneness of God, oneness of God. And also the stories that are in the Bible, because I grew up as a Christian. They were very similar, slight changes there and there. But the, 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 the entire, the, the khulasa, or the summary or the gist of the Quran was worshipping of one God which was different from how I grew up that Jesus is three there's God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit so I fell in love with the, the gist of the Quran which is Tawheed so Alhamdulillah 
through the efforts of the of, of the ulama who the Muslim prison board, so they used to come and then we was able to learn uh, alif Bata and all that and even to read the Quran. Alhamdulillah, when I came out. Allah uh, put it in my mind that I, I must go. Before I went home, when I came out from Parul, uh, I went to one of the Asatiza, Sheikh Toy Bonamadi, who is in Osterville. He used to be in Osterville, Imam, for many years there, and he was one of my teachers in, inside the prison. So I went to him and seek guidance from him, and uh, then uh, I, I, I could feel that, you know, being here, uh, I'm going to go back to crime again because of the wrong. Uh, people they came they showed me guns they said no you came back now let's go and rob and all mm -hmm. that so i just felt that no i'm a muslim now i can't be able to 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 to, to rob people again and all this then i took mashura then uh, i decided to to go to harding originally my parents are from Wamati, a place called Guamati, and there's a king called king Mati. Uh, originally that's where my parents are from they came to to Durban, to Mlazi. Uh, for looking for jobs like that so but originally they are from Gamas. then i decided let me go to the farm i've never lived in the farm uh, for all of my life at that time but uh, i live in Mlazi and i live in prison and uh, now i have to go to the farm so i decided to go in the farm uh, luckily alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala is great and uh, in, in in harding there is a, a tarulum that is there and uh, i asked people around is there a masjid here yeah, is there so they show me the masjid then i, I met people in the masjid they told me there's a tarulum because uh, when I was in prison, I wanted to learn more about Islam. I wanted to, I could feel that, you know what, I want, I want to learn more about Islam. And I was wondering why many people in South Africa who obviously black people uh, from, since I am black myself, they don't know about this. Cause when I got Islam, I could feel that I've got something like a purpose of my life. Then I felt that when I come out, I wish a lot of people also must know about this, you know. And uh, then I wanted, obviously, you know, to learn more, learn more, so I can be able to make tawa and call people into din. So Alhamdulillah, there's a madrasa there, and uh, Mufti Yaqub Vadi, my one of my great ustas, that uh, allowed me to stay in the madrasa. I didn't pay anything. I didn't. I was learning in the madrasa for free, and uh, Mufti Sab asked if I can read Quran. I said, yes, I can read Quran. Then he said, no, go to the first year. Go and try in the first year. So I started my first year. That's how I said my first year, Adam calls. Alhamdulillah, there were a lot of challenges. You know, every day I wanted to drop in Madrasa. Yeah. Every day there were challenges. Yeah. I wanted to throw every day because now I felt like, hey, how am I going to make it now? Because now, before I used to have money, you know, before I used to have, not like money, I used to have maybe like the biggest amount I had was around maybe 50,000 back in the back Back then, mm. now I have to steal. Mufti was a lani then, eh? No, no, I, I started like it was all haram money. Yeah, <laughs> it was all haram money. Allah but like, I found it very challenging that you know, now I have to sit in one place and studying. I was sitting in prison for many years. Mm. Now I'm sitting in Madras. So every day I was in Madrasa, but I wanted to leave the Madrasa. Every mm. day. My focus was not there. My focus was how I'm going to make money, but in a correct way. But Alhamdulillah, uh, someone from my family. My auntie uh, passed away, and uh, may, may, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy on her. And uh, my auntie passed away. She, she gave me some money, about 2,000 when I came out from prison, because I told her this thing is challenging. I'm only learning, learning there. Mm. There is no way of making money in any way, you know. So she gave me 2,000. She said, no, go to Teben, buy some second-hand clothes like that. So that's how I started. So I was learning, and then also I had a business of second-hand clothes, after, if I finish class, I go and, and sell my clothes and go to class. So that's how I kept 
like uh, my life in madrasa i was known that i'm selling clothes and then i'm also studying alhamdulillah and the great ulama and the very like uh, knowledgeable ulama who were assisting us to learn in miftahul fala under mufti yaqub vadi and alhamdulillah they trained us until we finish mishkat uh, which is the second book just before you 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 go to bukhari so alhamdulillah and from there we didn't have in our madrasa it's a small madrasa at that time we didn't have bukhari classes at, at, at that time so students used to go to different madrasas to finish their adam course so alhamdulillah uh, mashura was made with the ulama and then i went to darulum numania uh, and mulan abdurrahim khan a very close and a very great ustaz of mine i love him so much and under his guidance alhamdulillah that when i met uh, my beloved mufti sab rahimullah mufti ibrahim desai so he was the one who mufti sab was teaching me the adam course the the, 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 the final year uh, and they were students from different different parts of the world from some from america some from that in my class alhamdulillah and uh, i can uh, could remember also uh, some from russia with different different students under mufti sab mufti ibrahim desai that's why I, I did my bukhari alhamdulillah then after i finished bukhari then mufti sab convinced me that I must go into the, the ifta course because uh, mufti sab also was teaching mufti course in sherwood in darul ifta so though i wanted to go back to my community because alhamdulillah when i was doing my second or third year madrasa alatala used me that we started a madrasa in my location so i used to go to madrasa go to, as i was learning as, as a student and go and sell and late i used to go to, to madrasa to teach students alif but uh, in the in the location so alhamdulillah the madrasa grew up alhamdulillah today alatala is great it's been looked after by one of the organizations of the country we have over 300 students in that madrasa and the location though i'm not full time there but there are some people looking after the madrasa which we started uh, during the time when i was a student so alhamdulillah i went to do the iftar course under mufti ibrahim desai and uh, after the iftar course uh, then i went to back to my community uh, to alhamdulillah there are also extra Two days all together we have three madrasas in 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 the locations in Hading in Kwezi there's Kwezi Islamic Center and in Phase Two there is also uh, an Najashi Islamic Center and then there is Masakeli Islamic Center so all these madrasas Allah assist us to 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 to, to this thing too and there is a, 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 a you know ten people in my area before people had this feeling that. Uh, Din is, is is for specifically for Indians, so it's an Indian culture. But Alhamdulillah, today people they can see that din is for everyone. Jazakallah. You know, Mufti, a very fascinating conversation coming from our Mufti Said in Kane. And I can tell you, people, look at it. You know, when he spoke to us, he said in initial stages when he got into uh, his alim cause, when he got into Madresa, and there was this uh, shaitan coming all the time and telling him, "Hey, man." Don't waste your time. Come, man, come. But Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, he jumped the hurdles and it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has chosen him. And, you know, I'd like to meet his parents and tell them, you know, congratulations for having a son like, uh, you know, uh, Sayyid. I'd like to congratulate them, Alhamdulillah. I'd like to motivate them and tell them how blessed you are to have a son like him. But as he said, and the fulus wise and you know, the money wise, he was, you know, that life, easy come, easy go. And uh, many things that he has done, and there was a reason why Allah put him in that uh, position. The reason being uh, that, inshallah, he will see, you know, the bad of it and come towards goodness. And inshallah, he can maybe you look at the, uh, the, the, the condition the country is in now. We have uh, the 
biggest population of alcohol abuses. We have uh, drug-related issues. We have uh, violence out of control. We have uh, kidnapping out of control. We also have hijacking. And, you know, we talk about murders. All this is happening. But, Sheikh, you've been through the tapestry of life. Uh, many say it is the conditions that the people grew up, and that's why they're going through these uh, different scenarios, and this is why this country is going through this. And many politicians themselves are blaming apartheid for the conditions that are happening. 30 years later, still blaming apartheid. And 30 years later, you've got teenage pregnancy, young girls at 11, 12 having babies, um, you know, uh, falling to prostitution, poverty levels, and so forth. Sheikh, uh, then, you know, we had the insurrection recently where the July unrest brought things to the fore. And it was uh, a wake-up call to many and one of the reasons was uh, they said, okay, it come, and many blame it. I mean, you're an intelligent man on the RET group, you know, the Radical in, uh, Economic Transformation. They said, you know, it's a Zuma's group doing that. And many have said that under Jacob Zuma, uh, you know, the country was run even more tightly. It is perhaps because he's uh, been too clever or too intelligent for the Americans and the Westerners, and this is why they got rid of the man. But a uh, reason being the... Uh, uh, looting that took place and, uh, you know, all that. There was uh, uh, this uh, wake-up call, as I said, for the people. And uh, Surah Ramaphosa at that time went into hiding. He did nothing, but he thanked later on, he thanked the people for standing up and defending their homes and so forth. But, Sheikh, the question to uh, Mufti Saab to pose is, you know what, 30 years of a uh, years later, you had 30 years. I mean, there's uh, some children that grew up they don't even know what apartheid was. And uh, many say that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be blaming the conditions because you, you were given the country and you were given your one man, one vote. Why should you play the blame game? What's wrong, Sheikh? You made an informed decision. You could still be there. I mean, uh, look at it. Uh, the, the, the robbery has gone to another level. You could be hitting the big heist and going in for the millions. Forget going for the millions. People are going for the, you know, PPEs. They made billions out of it. And these were so-called trusted people that you voted them there. So this blame game, Sheikh, who's playing this blame game? Talk to us. Uh, quite a tough, <clears throat> it is a, a very tough one. I hope Allah Ta'ala inspires us, uh, inshallah. Uh, what I can say is this. <clears throat> In every situation, this is just, uh, but don't quote me, nobody must quote me on this, but uh, just my own humble observations, that in every situation that we see going wrong in the world, in every situation, the first people that should blame themselves is we, us as Muslims. If you see robberies, you see PPE money being stolen, you see drugs, you see crime and everything going up and like how we see the states of the nation really, really deteriorating and uh, it's uh, going to shambles. But uh, I still say this, but don't quote me, as I've said. Whenever we see something going wrong in the world, Muslims should be the first ones to blame themselves. Why I'm saying so? Allah Ta'ala in the Quran is saying that you Muslims are the best of 
communities or the best of societies that has ever been here in the world and then you were taken out for the benefit of mankind. We were taken out, we were made Muslims for the benefit of mankind. Now Allah Ta'ala, he hasn't spoken about maybe the Shambas or the Christians or maybe even the ruling party that they were taken out for the benefit of mankind. But it is us as Muslims, we have the light. No one else has got the Quran and the Sunnah, except we as Muslims. No one else has got the best role model, which is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, except we as Muslims. So me personally, as Said, when I see things going wrong, I blame myself that, you know what, what can I do as a Muslims? What can we do to try and be part of building the nation? Yes, people who are governing the country, who have been voted for, most of them, if we are honest, they don't have Iman. You know? they, don't, they don't even have fear for accountability. Some, they don't even think about Qiyam. They don't think about whatever they are doing is wrong. Many people, they grow up in an environment where parents are drinking, Parents are smoking, parents are swearing, doing all wrong things like how it's happening in our community, in the locations. Now the children, when they grow up in the environment, they don't know what is wrong and right. They think what the parents are doing is right. But we, we have the light as Muslims. We are supposed to be championing the cause of bringing change in the country and showing and leading by examples, even the politicians themselves, to show them the best way, that the best way to live is the way that was shown to us by the Anbiya, not just only Nabi Sallallahu but the Anbiya and the final Nabi Sallallahu was the one who was who brought all the left out of the Anbiya and he was the best, uh, so he's the best example. So what I can say is that all what is happening in the country, if Muslims can take a stand, and participate. I also encourage, because uh, myself also, uh, in my area, I'll just, this is just a, a story that I, I'll, I'll, in my area, in Mazakele, uh, which is what 11, Allah Ta'ala used me to start madrasas in the area. And then, uh, Alhamdulillah, with different organizations, they've been assisting us with food, helping the, 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 the students as well as their parents, the community. Alhamdulillah, there was a time where there was no water. Then I approached some organizations like the Alimdad Foundation. Alhamdulillah, they came, they assisted, they dug boreholes, they helped the community. Alhamdulillah, there's been so much of work that has been done in, in the area. As a result, the people of the area, they've been begging me, no, Sheikh, we want you to become a counselor. We want you to become a counselor. We want you to become... Why? Because I saw the conditions in the ground and I got worried. Then I, I contacted a certain organization to please come and assist in the community. Meaning, as Muslims, when we see something going wrong in our society, we should be worried and think of strategies. What can we do? Because we are here... Obviously, they are abudun to worship Allah Ta'ala. But again, Allah Ta'ala is saying, we are the ones who should be the guide for Nas. And Nas meaning the entire humankind. So as a result, Alhamdulillah, the people, they called Sheikh, we want you to become a counselor. Alhamdulillah, I joined one of the parties. I don't want to say which party, but I joined one of the parties in politics last year. Because of the community, they were begging me. They showed me, he joined this party. I said, no. This party, that party, they convinced me. They said, join that party. Then I joined. Alhamdulillah. I won't mention the part, but I joined. Alhamdulillah. And they, Alhamdulillah, the people voted. They gave us 
two seats. We just came in 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 in, in politics. I didn't know anything on politics, but Alhamdulillah, they gave us two seats in in that party. Alhamdulillah, and uh, we went into municipality. Then I became a deputy mayor. I was chosen by the councillors. I became the deputy mayor in Harding. In the municipality, but I don't want to delve in that. But I am involved. I'm politically involved. I also do work of dean, and I'm also a community activist. So what? Why am I saying all this? Is that uh, we are the one? We are the light. All the darkness we see in South Africa, the day the Muslims are going to take a stand sincerely, Mukhlisin al that we really, really, for the deen of Allah Ta'ala, we want to be sincere, not for ultra motives, that because I want name, I want fame, I want to be called Hazrat, I want this, I want. No. Allah Ta'ala, please use us for the benefit of your deen. Allah Ta'ala, I'll just give you a small advice also. Uh, individually, wherever we are, sometimes you'll see people drinking, people walking, you know, naked, they're not dressed properly. You see all the drugs and everything, the wonga and everything. We mustn't, like, have this sentiment. Look at them, like animals, how they're behaving. No, we mustn't be like that. Instead, we must make dua for the people. Allah Ta'ala must change the conditions. If... We're not making dua, at least do something to help them empower the people and change their lives. As I'm saying, I was doing all wrong things, robbing, went to prison. But when I came to the community, after years when I became a Muslim, I became the best example. If you can go to Harding today and ask for Sheikh, everybody knows who's Sheikh. Every white people, colored people, black people, everybody, they know Sheikh. I'm not praising myself, but I'm just saying, I understood that you know what Allah Ta'ala has made us Muslims so that we can be a benefit to mankind. Now, how do we become benefit to mankind? We must participate. We must be inclusive. We must we, we must integrate. We must mix with people. We mustn't live in our own silos and our own cocoons. Make our own small communities. You know, someone is. We 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 we, we must blend with people. You know why am I saying this? There was a study. I was very fortunate. Once some two three years back, I was visiting some some of our ulama, and uh, there was a great scholar from UK that came, uh, Sheikh Abdul Abdul Hakim Murad. Uh, Allah Taala protect him. Hafizahullah. He's a scholar from from UK. He also accepted Islam. Uh, he's a white man, white as white as I mean white as in pink, you know. He accepted Islam. Alhamdulillah, he became a Muslim. Mukiba. Milky bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. The next time, next time, I'll, I'll make sure when I describe yeah. the sheikh, yeah. I say milky bar. Milky bar. Milky bar. Jazakallah so much. So the sheikh, it looks like a milky bar. Meaning, I'm trying to say the sheikh is is a white sheikh. But uh, the way, I, 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 so I was in this uh, room where the Alhamdulillah Indian ulama were there. He was the only white person. I was, I was the only black person. But I was invited by one of the mufti, one of the great muftis I respect in the country. He's in case, and I won't mention muftis up. But uh, he said, Sheikh, don't go. There's a great scholar coming from UK. Come and listen to his talk. Then I waited five minutes. And Alhamdulillah, a simple, simple thing. The Sheikh came with simple pants, you know. And a simple shirt and a, you know, a topi, like an old topi, you know, simple with slippers. I was expecting me really like a mujabbab, muammam, you know, with a big jubba and a big amama. And I was but someone simple came and sat there and then they made salams, alhamdulillah, and then we were listening attentively. Now he told, just to cut it short, he said, in his, uh, I think he's something top in, in Oxford University in UK, in the faculty of, 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 of theology. He's something very big for the past 20, 30 years. He's been in, the, in that faculty of theology. So he said they were doing a study 
with his uh, those who are under him who are qualifying becoming a phd or whatever in, in that faculty he said they were doing a study they were asking themselves as to why islam when it came to other lands it flourished so much like in indonesia that all the locals in the area 9900 percent they became muslims but when islam came to other lands islam didn't flourish islam was stagnant you could not see that they were Muslims, but maybe they've been Muslims maybe 100 years, sometimes 200 years, sometimes 200, but Islam is stagnant, is not growing. So now they were doing comparison, trying to understand uh, so that uh, what can we do so that we can uh, make Islam grow to other, to other countries as well. So that is the study about the Sheikh. Yes, sir, very eloquently, Sheikh has been uh, talking about, our Mufti Saab has been talking about uh, uh, Brother Quram Murad. Alhamdulillah, someone that, uh, you know, we've met and uh, very cool, calm and collected, a very tranquil individual that, you know, when he comes and he takes to the podium, uh, when he gets his message, he really gets it through. Now, Sheikh, uh, Mufti Sahib, you have told us so many things and uh, Alhamdulillah, Summa, Alhamdulillah, I'm really enjoying you this evening and I hope and pray that the listeners are getting the same feeling because you're talking from the heart and uh, Alhamdulillah, we're trying to call a spade a spade. And Sheikh talks about we as an ummah, uh, you know, we are those that, uh, you know, will enjoin good and forbid evil. And as uh, Sheikh said, the Quran says, you are the best of people. And, you know, this is what you should be giving the message and so forth. But the tragedy is, you know, are we the best of people? Are we doing what we're supposed to do? Because uh, today, if you really look at the Muslim world, uh, especially those uh, rich, uh, you know, the uh, Shagdam or the Emiratis and, you know, Saudi Arabia and so forth. When you look at them, you'll notice that uh, they are more of a consumerism nation where uh, you know, they buy all the designer labels from the West, they buy the best of cars, they buy the armaments uh, from where? From uh, those people that are manufacturing it and duping them because it is believed even the arms are all pre-programmed that you're buying this F-14 or F-15 fighters and you're buying these tanks. They are all programmed to such an extent that when you use it in a warfare, uh, the Americans have a remote button which they just press and they nullify the, your tanks. Even the planes that you're flying nullifies it. It can go and hit your own targets. The point I'm trying to get through is we are not a nation that is leading and others are following. We have become consumers, number one. Number two, we have become those, many have said, when you are given an instruction like how Imam Ghazali, Rahimullah, said, uh, if I come to you, Mufti Saab, and I give you a note, I said, Mufti Saab, please open the door. We'll be getting someone coming in five minutes. So what you do, you take my note and you keep on saying, please open the door. Someone's coming in five minutes. Please open the door. Five minutes is gone. And you're still reading the note. But you haven't followed the instructions. The Quran says, Kul, say, Hatu, bring Burhanakum, the proof in Kuntum Sadikin. Bring me your proof if you are truthful. What proof are you talking about? Number one is the giving the message. To who? The Yahud, the Nasara, the Mushrikeen. These people, if you read even your Surah Ma'ida towards the end, Allah says, When they blaspheme in my name, I feel like splitting the heavens and earth asunder. And Sheikh did that to say, they are blaspheming in Allah's name and Allah is getting angry. And how are we reacting? So we're so busy fighting each other. He says that the, the, the problem with the most 
Muslims, especially if you talk about Indian Muslims, I don't know if you had barfi, if you had laddu, you had jalebi, you had all the sweet meats. He said you eat so much of sweet meats that you get a lot of charbi, means a lot of fat. So you don't know where to take off the fat. So you start fighting over issues that are trivial issues. But the point I'm making, Sheikh, are we creating our own cell phones? Are we creating our own technology? Are we, uh, you know what, our cities, our youth, are advised by whom? These cell phones that you see, uh, this uh, uh, propaganda that you see, you know, Malik al-Shabazz, Malcolm X said, the media is so powerful, the media is so powerful, it can have you loving, loving the oppressor and hating those that are oppressed. Malik al-Shabazz, pastor at the age of 39, but what an indelible impression he left because he spoke against Batil. He spoke the truth and look at how Allah guided him. First, when he joined the nation of Islam and he knew that you know something was wrong with Elijah Muhammad and then Elijah Muhammad's son left the movement and went to mainstream Islam. Allah took uh, uh, Malik al-Shabazz to Makkah, Mukarramah, he made his Hajj and he came and spoke the truth. He took Muhammad Ali into mainstream Islam and Alhamdulillah, died a martyr. And someone even told me, he said, you know, when uh, Muhammad Ali, Rahimullah, when his uh, when his hearse was being driven through, and there were thousands and thousands of people looking at the hearse going through. And the sheikh was in the hearse. And he told the hearse driver, there's a saint in my car. There's a saint we take. Look at the, the impression he's left. But look at the airport that is named after Muhammad Ali, Rahimullah. Muhammad, but there's corners you see the Quran has been propagated the uh, seerah of Nabi Muhammad has been propagated Allah used him and as you know I see a very big similarity here Sheikh I see a very big similarity in that our Sheikh here Alhamdulillah our Mufti Saab comes from a background where you all were Christians you all were Christians but what you did you made an informed choice so you can say like Muhammad Ali I'm a Muslim by choice. You're a Muslim by birth. Now tell me, Sheikh, when you see all the scenarios, you see the shortcomings, you know, who, or who is putting these barriers for us not to take our rightful place of being leaders in every aspect of it? Not selective, or we call it the selective sunnah syndrome. What we can select and we leave many things. This could be a problem. But... Perhaps you can correct me, Sheikh. I'm here for open to correction. Bismillah. Quite a tough one, but uh, before I get uh, straight to my humble observations and a humble opinion on your, on your question, uh, but I would love to finish the uh, story about Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad that uh, he said they were doing uh, thesis and comparisons as to why Islam came to some countries, Islam became stagnant, it didn't grow. But when Islam came to other countries, and in those countries or in those lands, Islam grew until the entire inhabitants of the locals, they became Muslims. Of which it is a question that uh, is relevant today, especially us here in South Africa. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we have international standard of institutions we have muftis we have all types of we have masajid we have 
uh, another blessed South Africa so much with the wealth of ulum and ulama and everything, but the question still stands, why Islam is stagnant? Because for those people who are in the government and those uh, for the country to get into a, the right direction, people who were taken out for the benefit of America, which is Muslims, they need to participate, they need to be there. But it looks like the Muslims have not understood their role in this country, that they are the ones who are the solution. I I, I, I I will never judge Christians. I'm not Allah. Allah is a judge. But I'm sure the answer for this country will not come from Christianity. It won't come from Judaism or even the Shemba Church, as much as I respect all religions. But the answer will come from the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu and the Quran, which is sent by Allah Ta'ala. So obviously the answer must come from Muslims. Then Sheikh Murad said in their study, they sought a comparison. For instance, like they studied Indonesia. They said when they, those people who settled in Indonesia, they were business people. They were Arab from the Arab, uh, Arab, uh, Arab, Arab, Arab descendants. Yeah. yeah, Arab descendants. Yes, yes, Jazakallah. So those people, when they, but what they did, the people who, were, who settled there who were business people, they tried to integrate, or maybe, I don't know what the right word, maybe assimilate, not assimilate, to integrate uh, with, the, with, the, with the local people, local Indonesians. They are Arabs, but they came for business, but uh, they, they tried to, to some extent, he said, he, there may be about six points that stuck out to me. He, may, he mentioned a lot of things, but he said, uh, part of, of, of integrating with the community, for instance, uh, they married the locals. They married the locals, uh, which is something that uh, also uh, even the masajid, the, the shape and the type of the masajid, they didn't put domes and everything. They made a style which looked like the local style of the Indonesians. And also some of the things, even the, 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 he said when he looked at the fatawa, uh, the, the earliest fatawa of those days. Now he, they were like shocked to see that the fatawa of those days. The people who came were Arabs, but they will find maybe Fatawa, uh, for instance, like we say Fatawa is Zuma, Fatawa is Madera, Fatawa is Butelez, Fatawa, meaning that uh, those Arabs, they even adopted names or surnames of the locals, meaning, like for instance, if I will say, for instance, like yourself, uh, Uncle Shabbat. They call me Shaka Zulu. Yeah, <laughs> mashallah. Yeah, yes. they call me Shaka, Shaka Khan. Yes, yes. No, no, I, I'm, I'm serious when I, uh, you know, uh, uh, my students in comparative religion. Yes, yes. I tell them I'm coach, you know, and the coaches call me, but coach, you are Shaka Khan. So alhamdulillah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Shaka Khan. Yes, yes. So to certain extent that, for instance, they adopted even the names. Now they, they were shocked with how how come the Fatawa, the Elias Fatawa, it's Fatawa a eh, Ulupang. But you know, those people, who's Ulupang? Because those people were, were, were Arabs, supposed to be maybe eh, eh, like maybe Fatawa, eh, mm. Fatawa Abdul Rahim, Fatawa something like mm. that, Abdul Hakim. But now Fatawa Ulupang, why they adopted, they integrated with the locals to certain extent. He even mentioned one story saying that. Uh, there were stories at night that were told by old people around the fire. So now, when the, the, those who came, they started in these in these stories to 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 to, to put stories of the Sahaba, stories of the Ambiya, stories until today the tradition is still there around the fire. Those stories now the Indonesian were not talking stories of their heroes and their ancestors. Now it was transformed the stories of the Sahaba like that, meaning they integrated, they mixed. You know, they, they were humble, you know, they were honest with the locals. And all this was uh, also 
part of Islam. Some people they say Islam uh, it conquered countries because of blood and this and that. No, but there are proofs that Islam went into other countries because of akhlaq, integration, with and, and showing. But because this is a problem that we also have. I think one of the main problems that we have in South Africa, which we must we, we, we must spread it out. We are coming from a previous regime whereby apartheid, you know, looking down upon other races, it was like a, a, a rule of law, meaning it was in the constitution that you must look down upon the next person. So I think maybe if we try by all means to come out from looking down upon the locals, to instead to make dua for them, I'm not calling to that we have to marry the locals and do, but at least, at least to, 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 to try and look at people as human, potential human beings. Like myself, I didn't know that one day I was robbing, doing wrong things, drinking mm-hmm. drugs. But Allah Ta'ala, meaning, Nabi Sallallahu said, Kullu nas ma'adin. You know, that, 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 people are like, like minds, you know, Zahabi of, ma'adin of Zahabi and Fidda. That uh, people are like minds of gold and silver, you know. Now, if people, they are like minds, it depends if we want to go and excavate and, 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 and throw out whatever. So, meaning every potential person you meet, they may be a potential Muslim, but it will be our behavior towards them, you know, that will push them away from Islam or that will bring them to Islam. But coming to participation, to the issue of participation, we as Muslims, as we are saying, that uh, we are like consuming nations. And it is sad when you look at the state of Muslims, that uh, in Muslim countries, there is going to be World Cup, there is so much of uh, wastage and so many things that are happening, uh, uh, buying all the Arab prints, the oil and everything, the luxury, you know, the opulence. And when you're looking at next to them, there is Palestine, you know, which people are suffering, they are being killed, you know, there's... Meaning the Muslims have the means. Even here in South Africa, Muslims have the means to transform the country. We have the means, we have the institution, we have everything, but the problem we don't have is unity. And we don't have sincerity. That I've noticed myself. I, I was discussing with one of uh, respected ulama about, about this issue of if we, we can try and come together as different, maybe different organizations and create some kind of a Beitul Mal, have different, different departments, but we can we, we 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 can't be effective in our dawah and in our, in our charity charity in South Africa and spreading the thing if we are so divided. We one day must come together, have one purpose, and be sincere to change the nation. Inshallah. Yes, I can tell you, uh, Sheikh, uh, you're ready. You're flowing. You're flowing. You like that? You know that uh, hibidin, mm, the breeze from there, that freshness of the place, and you know everything grows uh, very organically. And you can see, yeah, you're a farm boy now. You're no more a city slicker where the city slicker is choked. Yeah, he's being uh, caught up by a meretricious beauty and the cities of this, uh, of the world or the mega cities. If you want to migrate towards the mega cities, you know what they do? Only a fool migrates to a mega city where he's duped into believing this is where it all happens, but this is where all the evil takes place. This is where all the filth is. This is where all the marketplace is. This is where all the shaitanya, you know, manifest. But they in the farms, far away from the maddening crowd, Sheikh is taking in the beautiful organic breeze. He's taking in uh, those vegetations that he has there, the sheep, the goats, the cows. And the Nabola and all those things, mashallah. But uh, you know, Sheikh, you make a very valid point indeed. You talk about unity. Uh, we need to be united. Uh, there should be a common uh, Beitul Mal. And uh, you know, you'll get these people, they'll tell you, but you know, we're not li- uh, living in Darussalam. 
We're living in Darul Harb, and it will be you know a very difficult thing to implement a, a Beitul Mal because you being every move you make in this country, I believe only eleven percent of the population is paying the taxes here. Eleven percent, and out of those, uh, you know, the people that have the expertise, many are leaving the countries. They've been, you know, they're gone. They're gone. But now, you know, CR is begging them to come back, and uh, you know, you talk about politics. Um, if you once upon a time, if you look at the ANC of Nelson Mandela, where he had uh, Indians, he had whites, he had coloreds, he has. Uh, I mean, you look at the first cabinet that he had; he had a whole rainbow nation. But now, when you look at the ANC, I mean, you looked at the last conference they had in Durban. There was a sea of one color, and many said it sounds. Mbeki himself said, "You know what? You know what? I'm afraid that you are becoming an ethnic party." You're not allowing everyone to come into you. You're putting barriers around you. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then you're trying to act like a populist party. You know the populist party? Yeah, you Indians, you go back to India, or you where you come from. You know who I am. But within, you look at. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to ask you a very, a powerful question because you're a powerful man. Sure. You know, you just can't ask it to anyone. You talk about apartheid. You talk about. You know the white man did this and he did that. He did that. Yes, he did do that. You know, by the way, the Indians, the Hindus, it's an article of faith for them to believe in apartheid. Mm. They believe caste in the system. the caste system. They have the Brahmin and they have the Harijan or the Dalits. And all. That's another story. The question here is, you know, this country, what's killing it? Tribalism. Look at ANC now. You got the Zulu. You got the Kosa, you got the Soto, you got the different. They all look at. They say no, Jay Z is not a Zulu. Zuma is a Zulu. So you blaming apartheid when you yourself are a culprit of tribalism, and you're ruining the, your, your 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 good name. You got a beautiful thing in your hand. You got Junubi Africa. You still killing each other. Hey, then you accept Christianity, right? Jesus is shown to you. With blue eyes, blonde hair, and a white skin, you claim to be Christians. You don't like apartheid, but your colonizers' religion, you still embrace and you celebrate it. You're being captured, you're being colonized. You, you still follow his religion, and still you have a problem. You haven't progressed beyond your tribalism, and you, you know, Sheikh, the truth is the truth. You don't like each other, and you can see. It's manifesting. South Africa is going to explode. They're talking about a civil war, but tribalism is going to take. And then, I'm going to give you a little bit of honey. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam had the same situation. Tribalism was there. Apartheid was there. Slavery was there. How long did it take him to clear that out? Come on, tell me. In ten years, the job was done. You got thirty years. You did nothing, Sheikh. The mic is yours. Uh, I hope that uh, if you say you 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 you're not actually speaking to me, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I've said that uh, all the solutions are in Islam, and uh, uh, me actually I always feel that instead of blaming apartheid, blaming government, may I blame us as Muslims. I will never blame apartheid. I will never blame the ANC. Also, I'll never blame. I can't blame Tribalism. people. 
I, I won't even blame tribalism. What I'll blame, I'll blame Muslims who do not know what are they, what they came for here in this world. Allah Taala is saying, Muslims, they came. Where are the ones who were taken out to guide mankind, to benefit mankind, to show mankind the right way? So if anything is not going right in the world, the Muslims must first take the blame. But the Muslims will blame ANC, blame this, blame that. But they, maybe uh, my observations are wrong, but it's just that I, it's sincerely coming from my heart. I am saying that I blame people who have light, but they are not showing everyone the light. You cannot blame a child. If a child, for instance, someone who's blind, Alatara even says that people are, are deaf, dumb, and blind. Not that they are blind physically, but their hearts are blind. Their ears are deaf. They are, 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 are deaf like that. Meaning, if you, these people who are leaders, who are leading the country, most of them, they are they, they, they are blind. Their hearts are blind. They don't know what is good. They don't know about accountability. They don't... It, nothing but people who know about accountability and how we should live are Muslims until the Muslims take a stand until the Muslims take a stand and participate in politics I'll make an example I'll make an example see I've been uh, talking to some of close, close friends Sheikh, I want to I, I have to interject here yes. you're talking about Muslims right you got Indian Muslims you got black Muslims you got white Muslims each one comes with their culture. There's cultural Islam. Now you, Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, you're the Isi Zulu from the kingdom of Earth. An Indian Muslim, if he goes to the township, the Maindia, Shia, we don't want to hear this Indian come and give us this Indian religion. The Amana is, you know, with who? Not the Indian Muslim. Because he's marginalized, he's already, you dead wood. You swim, um, um, uh, Malema says this, you swim back to India. That's a, and that's a populist um, notion amongst the people. These people must go back to where they came from, right? But you, Sheikh, you, Sheikh, Allah gave you the, He gave you the amana. You are the one. That's why, you know, I treasure you. When you came here, I said, there's our light, there's our nur, there's our beacon. It is the black Muslim, the Bilanial Muslim. Don't talk. I mean, let's be honest. South Africa talks Indian, white, colored, black. South Africa still talks like that. You're going to walk the talk. But you know the challenge you got? They tell you, yeah, my India, my India, you got Indian. So the sad part is that the Indian Muslim did fail. The majority they did. But the Amana now is you are the one we should be rallying behind. But so far, so good. You're doing the job. And maybe, how many like yourselves have accepted Islam? How many like yourselves were in position of, from prisoner to alim, from alim to politician? Say, pup. You like pup and place, uh, Mufti Sahib? <laughs> well, this is a pup syndrome I'm talking about. So many that went to prison became Muslims. And so many of them Alhamdulillah. So can you feel the amana you've got? You turned away from a position of being deputy mayor because what you saw. Very few will do that. You were a very cozy, lovely salary. Maybe another murk was coming through. You turned away from that. Your Jannah, inshallah, Allah will give you a billion folds. You can see how important you are. That's why when you come, I can't leave your hands. 
I can't leave it. And I can't let you say, hey, no, that one and that one. No. Let's put that under file 13 now. Let's not talk about the future. That's it. I'm going to take the baton. I got it in my hand. How many of you are going to help me to take this message to the majority? Go for it, Chair. Yeah, very interesting point. Uh, the, the, the interesting part about this point is that, uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala guided us through our ulama of, 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 uh, from the Indian community, through Ahmed Tidat, Ahmed Tidat's books, through many, many, that's how Islam was exposed to us in different, different ways. But uh, what I'm seeing, this is my own uh, observation, but please do not uh, quote me by, by mistake. And Islam will not grow in, in South Africa until our Indian Muslims, even the ulama, my asatiza, they start putting black faces in their boards, making them amir, making them to be in the forefront to attract other black people. Uh, if they still, uh, for instance, there is no black representation in, in most of these big organizations. You don't know what's going on in the crowd. You don't know how people are feeling. You don't know what are the needs on the ground. But you are in the board, nice and comfort, and then deciding that we're doing this with this zakat, we're doing this with this other car. Sometimes you take it overseas. Meanwhile, there are so many problems that we should be tackling. Until we put the responsible black people into position of power, responsible people who are Allah Ta'ala conscious, and we also guide them. There must be checks and balances. People mustn't be given positions, then they abuse positions. There must be checks and balances. Look at, for instance, simple, simple example, look at the DA, what, what they did. The white, white man doesn't like black men, but they took Muslim Imani, they made him his, a president. Why they did that? They want to catch all the black people to come into DA. Now, I mean, this is the issue of Tunia. Votes. Uh, votes, yes, yeah. black votes. Now, now to, 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 to bring people into Islam, you have to come to a, st a stage where, you know what, say, no, let's let the black people, Muslims, but the responsible amongst them, the ulama were responsible, and even the academics were responsible, put them in the front so that they know the language. They know the culture, and then they will attract people into din. We can spend billions, we can spend millions to try and spread Islam and open more and more organizations, but you don't put the right people, because the, you know if you want to catch fish, you must put the right bait. Even you can put Kentucky Fried Chicken, you can put whatever pizza there in front, but you must put the right, what the fish likes. So you must put black people in front and make them the voice of Islam, make them the face of Islam. And it mustn't be shown that, no, we are controlling you. Hey, we are controlling you. If you're looking at the lives of the imams, many imams, mm. I, I go around, many imams, they don't have a house, proper house for them and their families. They don't have a local imam. They don't have a car to, to, to travel to the masjid. They don't have a, uh, they don't have a, a salary, decent salary. And, but these are the people who are representing, they are the face of Islam. So how can people come to Islam when our imams, just our imams are not being paid properly. They're not being given basic necessities of life, like a home, like also a, a, a mount, meaning a, a, a vehicle to attend. Because an imam is more like a social worker. He's attending the, the, the work of the community. But until we start not looking down upon people, empowering black imams and uh, empowering black people, make them the face of Islam, then inshallah we'll see, uh, like how Allah Ta'ala says, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصُرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتِحْ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَا دِخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ You'll see people 
coming into the deen of Allah. So we need strategies. We, we have to be sincere, but we also need strategies to bring people into deen. Sheikh, I tell you, you're absolutely flowing there, and I think that's we need strategies. Very, very important points. We're going to end off there because we've run out of time. I want to thank you once again for joining us on Wasail al-Alama Sadiqa. Allah bless you. We'll have you more often on air. Inshallah, you have a blessed evening ahead. And we'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa Yes, people, don't go anywhere. And I'd like to thank Lucalo for brilliant engineering. And it's time for us, uh, yes, uh, to bid you farewell. And uh, we've got a lot of good programming coming through. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.